0: Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Karen. I'm an alcoholic. Welcome to all the new folks. Welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um... Thanks, whoever asked me to speak um, (laughs) 10 minutes ago. Otherwise, yeah, I would have been like out of town or something. Um, So I'm a little nervous, but I come to this meeting like almost every week. So it's actually really an honor and a privilege to be able to get up here and, you know, try to share the message of Alcoholics Anonymous with all you guys today. Um, my sobriety dates September 30th of 2012, so I have like 21, 22 months or something. It's not my first time in AA. I was introduced to Alcoholics Anonymous in 2008 after you know, being arrested for the whatever time and um, went to an outpatient rehab program and that introduced me to Alcoholics Anonymous, um, which planted the seed because obviously I didn't stay sober the whole time. Um, I was 23 at the time and wasn't really ready to be sober, but I... Disguise that by saying that I had a problem with the God thing and all that stuff. But, um, so yeah, I've had, uh, I've had DUIs, I've been arrested a lot, I dropped out of college, I did a bunch of weird shit, but none of that really actually makes me alcoholic. What makes me alcoholic is that. When I start drinking, I have little or no control over how much more I drink. Or when I honestly want to stop, I find that I can't stop altogether. Um, And that's what makes me alcoholic. And the only solution I've found to living a full, happy, sober life is the 12th 12th (laughs) step. That was funny. Um, the 12 steps uh, which are in the big book uh, for me AA really had to be the last house on the block you know what I mean like if I could have any other way to just not get fucked up and be cool and fine and happy I would just do that you know uh, I really wouldn't come here all the time every day and you know they, it says in the book like nobody likes the leveling of the pride and self-searching it takes to take these these doing this, but you guys know what I mean, like, like to do the steps, like, it's not necessarily um, easy, but it's really simple, um, and, that's, and that's what I try to do today, you know, um, ugh, I don't know what to say, I guess I can tell you, like, a story of what my drinking looked like so I can identify, you know, because the first step for me was, I mean I think for all of us is really is really important to really have a grasp on that, to really know and fully concede to my innermost self that I'm alcoholic, you know, and that took me a long time because again, I think, and oh, I really like that we read chapter 3 in here um, more about alcoholism for me that's the most relatable thing in the book, you know, like that it's the great obsession of every abnormal drinker to prove we could drink like everyone else, and like I really related to that and also all the things that we tried to do to prove that we were normal drinkers which like for me was not really drinking beer well yeah like I would say I would try to drink beer only and then I would get to my second or third beer and then I'd be on to what I really wanted to do which was drink whiskey which led me to do cocaine because that was like a really good combination right um and so yeah, like I, um, I like I said, I was in AA for a little while when I was 23, and 20. I had my 24th birthday, my first like sober birthday, and I actually really thought I was sober because I was going to meetings and I was you know taking the steps with a sponsor and making friends in AA and hanging out with young people. But I was like smoking weed also, <laughs> and so they threw me a surprise. All these sober people threw me a surprise birthday party, and I like smoked two blunts and then showed up to my to my friend's house and it was a surprise birthday party for me and I was like really weirded out obviously because I was stoned and I was like oh my god do I smell like weed right now and all these people are sober um, but yeah I thought that that was what sober was you know because I wasn't drinking and it doesn't say anything about weed in the 12 steps so uh, but then eventually like like I said I didn't stick around it was like you know I didn't want to be sober and I figured that I was at that point 24 years old and why would I lie about what I was doing I would just uh, do whatever the fuck I wanted to do, and just get fucked up, or not, or something. I thought that I could drink like a like a normal person, but everyone around me was still drinking kind of heavily. Um, so then I left Los Angeles and came back here, and within a matter, you know, I thought that I could carry the principles. Of AA, whatever that meant to me at the time, and still drink, you know, like I could drink and use and try to have a connection with a higher power and um, whatever. I thought that would work out and uh, um, it didn't. I was going to say something about that, but. Um, Oh, yeah, and then I thought that if I came back up here and then I knew I knew that AA existed, right? Like, so if shit really hit the fan, then I knew where to go. And I figured that in the Bay Area, people in AA would still smoke weed, too. Like, I really was convinced of that, because, like, like cause why not? So anyways, obviously, um, drugs and alcohol, uh, drugs are a part of my story also, um and yeah eventually I was here for another three years kind of trying to, that was like the first time I actually tried to manage and control my drinking you know before my first intro to AA it was more like external you know pressure and and outward consequences of my drinking that were kind of making it seem like maybe I shouldn't and then but I never really tried not to and then the next three years was really trying very hard to manage and control and then the six months ish before I got sober trying not to at all. Um, and so every day I'd wake up thinking, okay, I'm not going to do what I did yesterday and I would end up doing it again. And that kind of helps, you know, bring home the idea that I really didn't have control over my drinking or anything else. Um, so yeah, I guess like, What I want to say to the new folks is that, you know, I hope you find in AA what you're looking for. I know, like, different things resonate with different people, and for me, what really, like... What really kept me coming back, and what I really wanted when I got here, is when I heard someone say that they were super comfortable with themselves and in their and in their own skin. You know, like I didn't think that that was possible, but I obviously had a little bit enough hope to keep showing up and taking suggestions, and most importantly, taking the steps. With the sponsor, who showed me how to do that. Um, I've had a lot of different sponsors. I didn't have an easy time finding someone to work with and that's just my experience. But um I'm working with someone now who's really just like, okay, you know, my life's not manageable, so how is your life manageable by me? Like I'm not gonna tell you you know, they're not gonna tell me what to do, where to work, who to date, and that sort of stuff, you know? Like it's just like really about for me today finding a connection with a higher power and cultivating that connection. And I know that's kind of weird and scary. It definitely was for me. Um Maybe to believe in something was okay, but to but to trust it and rely on it was very scary. Um, but I thought, like like it says in the book, circumstances made me willing to believe because I don't really... I mean, like I said at the beginning, I don't have any other option. If I did, I would have done it. Um, and so, you know, today, I like... Any opportunity I have to be of service, including getting up here and talking in front of all you guys, I'll, I'll say yes to it because... Um, because that's what you guys did for me and because that's kind of what this thing is about, you know, to give it away to keep it, and yeah, I think that's been exactly ten minutes, so I'm going to sit down. Thank you guys so much.
0: Hi, my name is Richard, I'm an alcoholic. Hi. And um, <laughs> I uh, was late and uh, I was stuck in traffic, I started at uh, this point, and uh, I went to pick up my prescription sunglasses in the city, and I decided to take another way to go back home, and my plan was to take a shower, change, and come back on A. And I was stuck in traffic, and ended up that I have to speed all the way around, and that the whole barrier would end up here again. And in a big way, that is sort of like the story of my life. I run around like a fucking idiot, and hating every motherfucker that's in my way, and I end up in the same place. <laughs> I, I spoke at a meeting you know I was just thinking about I had a had a little thing what do you call those things here about like three years sober in this city you know it's called the home group and it was on Guerrero Street and the Mission District it was actually still dangerous I'll try and um, and that was a long time ago and um, you know I was just I was just one of those alcoholic that that um you know i uh, what can I say you know i I grew up scared, you know, I was scared, I was fearful, what the hell is that I was doing anything um, and I was sensitive, and I remember clearly one time, I knew I was very sensitive because i couldn't take any criticism, and i remember I remember reading a newspaper, this is. When I was I'm nine or ten years old and I was reading this, this, I don't know, some kind of advisory column, kind of like those those girly column thingies, like girls like guy, guys that are sensitive, like, that's me, you know? <laughs> I'm very sensitive, but I, what I didn't get is I was sensitive towards my feelings, not yours, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and,
0: and, and, and that's sort of like been the deal, you know? I, I uh... I was scared. I was listening to some guy share this morning that, you know, we all started out like that and ended up to be some fucking asshole. This really scary kid. And then you ended up to be this liar, cheat, manipulator, and all of these things, you know, and drugs and alcohol somewhere in between. Like, what happened? You know? And I can never really reconcile the whole thing, um, of what happened. you know, I when I when I found pot, you know. Actually, I started drinking beer when I was very young. It was, you know, I grew up in Asia. It was quite easy. You just go to the store and you buy a beer. Nobody cares, you know. And I remember drinking a, a beer and staring at the cloud, eating potato chips, and say, "This is okay," you know. But it was no big deal. But it was, uh, it was here that I discovered pot, and, and, you know, and that was sort of like I decided to take this detour, so to speak, and, and, you know, it just progressed. It progressed fast, and, you know, and my first DUI was, was, you know, I think it was like a week after I turned 18, you know, and I remember the cop clearly told me, bummer, you know, he's <laughs> just turned 18, pal, you know, <laughs> and, uh. And I got and I got another one like a year later and and then I sort of like quit that particular brand of drugs, you know, that's that's bad, you know. And that was that was quite new. I'm sort of dating myself. I used to <laughs> take five six of it and uh, and drink on top of it. <laughs> sort of, uh, you know, like her and, you know, you sort of like just play chemist, you know, you learn this and you learn that and you find your body you find where the zone is, you know I'm always uncomfortable I'm always full of anxiety I'm always full of social, this thing I just don't want you to find out that I have those feelings, so for a long time it was like, you know, whatever it takes to cover me up, I'll do it you know, whether it's uh, whether it's some, you know disco suit or whatever, man, some haircut, whatever, you know, talk like you, I'll do it, you know, so anything to not be me, but then yet I love me and I'm obsessed about me, you know, it's like this contradiction, I just couldn't really quite understand what the hell does this mean, and and then under a certain amount of chemical bliss, it all goes away, I'm cool again, you know, and that's what I like. And I tell you, even today, like today, you know, I'm going on vacation tomorrow. I've had a really rough year, but things are coming around, you know, finally. I'm late, and I'm supposed to do service, right? Everything's supposed to be cool. The fucking guy in front of me causing my traffic. I mean, it's like, never mind, the traffic's miles long, but the guy in front of me, I want to execute him right there. (laughs) Because he's really fucking pissing me off,
1: you know? (laughs)
0: And then the next thought is, you know, a little Xanax and a little bit of, uh, you know, middle little high life will work too, you know? <laughs> and that's how my brain works. And it's still like that. I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm not spiritual. It doesn't mean that I don't work the fucking steps. I do. <laughs> I do, you know? And I have a decent life. But the alcoholism, a part of it, you know? Like, I just don't know how people can just show up every day and be blissful. Maybe they're just as fucked up as we are. I don't know. But all I know is uh, I'm fucked up, you know. I'm a mess. But uh, if I don't, you know, if I don't pick up a drink, and uh, and uh, chances are, I mean, the obsessive mind in me is still the same guy as... As I was, you know, 25, 30 years ago, it's still the same guy. The only difference, I think, these days is um, I think age is something to do with it. And um, no, it doesn't. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still a rager. I can still get in people's face, and you know, and and, and you know, and go. I guess these days I, I, I can uh, I can go make amends. You know, I, I make a mess all the time. Um, Forty minutes is a long time to kill. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'll just do some date thing. I, I I I I came into Alcoholics Anonymous via rehab in 1988, and I had no intention of ending up in a rehab because um, because who wants to go to a rehab? I just I just thought that. I had emotional problems, man. You know, I got serious problems, you know, that need to be solved. And 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 it was basically some girl that I wanted to break up. Break up. with finally broke up with me, and I couldn't handle it. So and I just started to pile up with tons of cocaine, tons of pills, tons of booze, and just you know just be a pig about it. And, and just like two three weeks later, and the pain didn't go away. And I was like in some kind of chemical deluge. And I went to some EAP program and. And, you know, they, they recommended me to, to, to go to some place to, 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 to clear my head. And I thought it was some place in Palm Springs or something. So I, uh, I said, I'll go, you know. And, and I brought my, you know, my, my, my radio and, you know, and a, a bunch of Coke. And, you know, show up. <laughs> <laughs> and I show up at this place, you know. And next thing you know, they're, they're asking me all these fucking questions. What was I going to do drugs? Is it, I don't, you know. And next thing you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I think I was able to add it up. Like you're not supposed to do anything in these kind of places, and and I went to the bathroom and I, I finished up everything. I had coke running all over the, my place, and, and they almost kicked, they almost kicked me out the first day, and they let me stay, you know. And um, and that's how I introduced Alcox and I'm, you know, I, I went to, I went to boarding school, so I, I know how to fucking talk to these. Asshole counselors, you know whatever you want to say, I'll say it. You know, just leave me alone. And I remember one time it was like the twenty fifth day, you know, it was like that day was my day, and they put me up on a fucking chair, and they were like going at me, you know, what is wrong with you? You know, they were a group attacking me, you know, and I I cried, you know, like I, I haven't cried for a long time, and. um, and that was the, um, I guess, the beginning of me being real. And uh, I went to, uh, I went to uh, some kind of like, uh, I started to listen to a little direction. You know, you have to ask. Like, you gotta have to go to these meetings. You have to get a number. You gotta do all these things they tell you to do. And. Um, Anyway, so I, 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 I show up at. Um, I was working in downtown San Francisco. This was the 80s, and, and it was like the, you know, Michael J. Fox, you know, that kind of days. And I want to be that life. I want that life. I don't want my life, which is like fucking miserable in the office. And, um, you know, and, 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 and it just wasn't getting ahead fast enough. And, um, and I was miserable. And I go to downtown with all these. These people that were sober for a long, long time, and they had very successful careers and lives, and and and, and, and wives and cars, all those things. You know, I, I want some of that. I want. So I I, I stuck around AA, thinking that's what I'm going to get. You know, cash and prizes, <laughs> and not necessarily in that order, and. Um, and of course it didn't come. it came, but it was very slow, you know? So for me, that was just, you know, and, and, and then meanwhile, I, I did the young people in AA thing. I've learned to socialize. I've learned to grow up in, in AA and, you know, and, and, and be sort of somewhat normal, to be able to catch up with some of those emotional <laughs> deficit that i would suffered for all these years. And so, I was getting well, right? You know, it was getting good. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready to go take on the world again, you know? And and then, you know, and then he's starting to call your sponsor, and he's starting to tell you the same fucking thing, you know, turn it over to God and, you know, go help a newcomer. And after a while, I was like, that is no, that's not what I want. I want my life to be
1: better, you
0: know? And, um... So I start plotting, you know, and I started looking around and, 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 and like, you know, I'm, I'm missing something here. I'm missing, I'm not doing it right the first time, you know. I I was a kid, I was a, I was a, I just didn't know how to do this stuff. Now I do, you know I mean? So I start planning how to, how to do this. And, um it took me about like you know after like you know being in AA for like 5 6 years and you know you practically grew up in AA how do you how do you leave this place you know it, it was it was you have to actually engineer this thing you know you want to make it stick so i started sort of reversing the steps you know it's actually it's quite doable <laughs> you start to, you know you start to, where are they yeah, yeah. You start, you definitely don't practice these things in any of your affairs. You definitely don't pray, you know, and you just basically start copying resentment left and right. You start, you start making a mess, and these are quite natural, if you're not called to my type, to do it like that. And, uh, you know, and, and you start taking other folks' inventory, and you start demanding other people to apologize to you. <laughs> believe there's no God. There's only, you know, money, power, and prestige. And next thing you know, you're not powers of alcohol. You're not power over shit. Now get the fuck out of my way. And I remember the first time I went out, that was in 19... I forgot, 95 or 96, and there's a bunch of us, you know? it's was like I, I went out with like... Three, four my 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 my, my, my rats pack, you know, that that decided to go out. So we went out together, and, and I was like Marguerite on the rocks. I drank six of those on my first night. I was fucked up, man. It was so painful the next day. You know, what have I done? You know, what have I done? You know? But um, that's only 24 hours. You know, if you're an alcoholic, it's my type. You can hang. You know, you can hang. And you fast forward... I, uh, you know, I, I I, I got a career in Wall Street, you know, that's what I wanted, and, uh, you know, the whole thing, you know, I was a fucking asshole, you know, insider trading, every fucking thing you can get your hands on, I'll do them all, you know, and just like the movies, you know, just like the movies, I did them all, you know, just wake up to a big fat line of coke and just drink at lunch, drink at and dinner, and just do the whole fucking thing, you know. <laughs> And, um, <laughs> and uh, I remember, but I was uh, I was like at uh, I was some fucking third world country, and you know, next thing you know, I'm I'm listening to some foreign alarm. I mean, alarm sirens in an ambulance, you know. And I'm OD, you know, and and the uh, and next thing you know, I woke up and. The doctor was looking at me, and and my friend was saying uh, he 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 did a bunch of this thing, and then the doctor started talking to me in in, in Indonesian, and I have no idea what he was talking about. And uh, basically, my friend was translating. He said, "Why would he do this?" You know, and. Uh, and I and doesn't he speak Indonesian? No, he's American. And the doctor just nodded and said, oh, I get it. You know, he's, a, he's a fool, you know. And, uh, and that didn't stop anything, really. It just sort of slowed me down a little bit, you know. i got to get my game back. But by then I was becoming more and more miserable to a point in which that is very difficult to move your life from day to day. In other words, the best chemical that I could find and afford were not able to provide the bliss that I need in order to live. And that means the 24 hour clock ticks very slowly, you know? And these were the days of, uh, of like, you know, they start delivering grocery on the internet type of deals, you know? And that's how I lived. I lived in a, a little condo and, in the city and uh, wait for the grocery guy with just two bottles of wine and I was just you know the, the drug dealer thing and in terms of choices let me tell you I have no choice of whether to use or not to use uh, in terms of powerlessness. I have um, I have three suppliers one in San Jose one in uh, in Belmont and one in the city just in case you know and i um, and and every every day I go to work or, or something like that or see a client, I would uh, would have to make a decision which pitch stop I was going to make. And I remember, uh, for me, it was not so much of like how much that I can use rather is how many of these high sessions that I can squeeze in the 24 hours as much of that I can squeeze in then I'm having a good day because my whole thing is focused on that I remember I was driving on uh, on 280 coming up on on Crystal Spring Road or some some street like that and I'm thinking about should I fucking go see Sanchez now or what you know I'm driving I'm fighting my brain you know oh, I just wait till I get home you know get back to the city I got all kinds of stuff there I, I couldn't wait you know and I had to like fuck it you know instead of like waiting for the next uh, exit I just decided to just jump the fucking island you know just jump the island and bend all four rims you know and, <laughs> <laughs> and go get my shit because I want that one more Session in from from, from from San Mateo back to the city, you know, and that's what I wanted. And at that moment, I can't stop that. To me, that's the kind of uh, fiend that I've become. And I certainly wasn't raised to be like that, you know. My uh, my families are very very good people, and, and my siblings are so straight they, they they wouldn't know what to do with me. And. Um, so forward I mean I I had to endure that for two more years and finally it was a physical bottom it was so painful in the sense that my whole throat burns of canker sores down to like a I don't know 130, 140 pounds 35 pounds I remember I was flexing in the mirror you know I had six pack because it was all bones you know (laughs) Fuck me, man, you know? <laughs> this is it. This is it. You know, I was so delusional, you know, and, and, and I just can't go on anymore. And I remember, I remember I had a thought, you know, like I had to like finish this, this stuff. You know, I just can't do it anymore. I and mean, I just, my whole face hurts. Everything hurts. And so I made this phone call. I, no, no, I had a thought, you know? And, uh, and and this thought proceeded with another thought which was when I first went out five years ago I remember I, I was in Greece I was in the island of Greece and, and I was fortunate enough to, to convince some European girl to go to bed with me and, and I remember you know I was drunk. I remember, like, you know, I was winking to the skies, you know, those guys, their hats are off to me now, you know? In the same moment, fast forward five years later, I said to myself, no, they're right. They, meaning all that shit that I heard in AA, they're right. What am I gonna do, man? Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do, man? So I know only thing I was able to do was call this one person. And I call him, and um, and i will be there, you know. And um, after I hang up the phone, you know, you start to feel better. And 20 minutes later, you, you hope he doesn't show up because I've changed my mind. I really have changed my mind. And the fucker showed up like an hour and a half later, ringing my doorbell and wanted to take me to a meeting. In and, uh, and dry dock. It was a very bright sunny day. And, uh, <laughs> and my head hurt like you just won't believe, you know? I, 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 come on, bro. I can't go in them. Can we just walk around the block a couple times? I need some exercise, you know, just a little walk. Uh, and some water. And I uh, was sick, man, you know? I was feeling so good. And, um,. I didn't go to a meeting for another, until Tuesday, I think it was. I remember I went back to uh, the high noon. It was on, uh, it was on uh, it was the Dolores street. And I remember walking there, and I saw Sai, and I saw a little girl, you know, and Sai came to me. Are you ready now? Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm really ready, you know, and that was uh, 2002. And, you know, I haven't had to, in February, I haven't had the chance to, I haven't had to to pick up a drink or a drug again, and and I did the steps. I mean, I I was always quite compliant with respect to doing what I need to get done. The hard part for me was never about the mechanics of the the program. It's always about the... uh, The real deal, you know, like do you really want to deflate your ego all the way down or do you want reality to deflate you to a point in which you must do this? And I, right away I would say, of course I did the first one, the first one. But in actuality, it's always, reality will always shape me to where it wants me to be. As I get older, I realize that I haven't changed for all these years. I'm the same guy, the same guy that caused me to drink and use and do all those things. The only difference these days is like if you put the jug in the plug. I mean, when you stop this this insanity of taking drugs and and drinking and and you know and you know there's always shopping, there's always other things too. But if you <laughs> if you seriously think about none of those things work anymore, you just sitting with a lot of feeling, man, a lot of pain. You know, a lot of fucking people you want to, you know execute because I just don't like life on life's term I don't like it you know and what the hell does that have to do with alcoholism you mean I'm just a fucking asshole you know and for me it means if I really fast forward if I don't apply the solutions of what I've learned in here in its totality. And, and for me, it's just pretty half assed most of the time. You know, a quick 10 step, call my sponsor, make some apologies, try not to do it again. Full well, no, I'll do it again, you know. Um, you know, my sobriety's okay. You know, I, I, I aspire to be those old guys, you know, that they're, they're almost like they walk on clouds, you know. They, they really are. They have big lives and they have big hearts. They show up in Al Fox Anonymous with conviction. It's all about service. For me, it's never about service. It's always about me, you know. Don't you want to listen to my shit, you know? Um, but I think I'm trying to to get out of that model because I don't think it works very well I don't think it does in the sense that it, it's worked well enough for me to, to move from point A to point B on a good day not so not so not so scale, you know on a bad day it's a pretty rough ride you know and it's nothing on the outside that's wrong really it's what's going on in my head you know it's always about that And then I must realize in God's world, that means all of you. That means that fat fuck in front of me too, you know. And if God loves me, you must love him too. And if I want God's grace for me, I must accept God's grace for him. All of you. And those are hard thing for me to get. You know, it's really, really difficult to, to understand all of those big reality in which that for a long time I said, you know, save that for the church folks, man. I just wanna like, you know, be cool, you know. No, man, it's not about being cool. You gotta get it, otherwise you can't make it for the long haul. And and that's what I found. Um that you know, if you, you gotta grind it out. And I go to, you know, a couple of men's meetings and thank God that that I'm not the only one. You know, everybody when they speak honestly they trip the same way you know whether you have a big job or or you look like a movie star or, or you're some fat guy or whatever we all trip the same way and, um, and and it's that power of of the we which is in the beginning of the first step that allowed me to actually go on for another day you know without taking without taking a drugs I mean I have so many Good experiences in AA I can't even describe to you. But in general terms, when things doesn't go my way, when I'm the shitter, when I'm like, you know, when all my options in terms of like, the things that all my control lever are taken from me, the best thing that I, I that I've discovered is just take your fingers out of the cookie jar. You can't fuck with it anymore. You're completely fired right now. You gotta <laughs> let life roll. You know, chances are it goes my way. Now, that has been my experience. Now, does it feel good? No, no. A guy like me demands to be feel good all the time, you know, I just, for some reason I I just never get the memo that life is supposed to be painful I I, I think that life is supposed to be fucking Disneyland on fucking acid, you know in fact, you know, the best time that I had in Disneyland was on acid And, and, and that's how warped I am and I haven't been warped for like 12, 13 years, but I'm still warped, because I just don't see things clearly. I don't. I mean, I've read a lot of books. Um, <laughs> I could impress, you know, on topics if I want to, you know. Um, but in terms of how to live my life, seriously, I, I, I don't know how
1: to
0: I'm <laughs> clueless. And, um, but, you know, but, uh...